Hello, and welcome to Girls Gone Canon Reads A Song of Ice and Fire, episode 208, Arya in a Storm of Swords 1. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. And yes, are you ready for me to not fuck it up this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you ready for Arya's storyline in A Storm of Swords? I like you even if you don't say it. You know that? Uh, I think you like me more if I don't say it. <laughs> I don't care to comment on that. I'm glad to have everyone back in A Storm of Swords. We are ready to uh, get in the nitty gritty of the Riverlands, get back on the road with Arya and company. But first, we have some housekeeping up top. We have come to a very important decision on our Patreon bonus episode this month. And before I tell you what that decision is, every month we record and put out a bonus Patreon episode for our patrons in the Stranger Tier and Above over at patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon, C-A-N-O-N. It's $5 and up tier. We really recommend you check it out. This month's episode is going to be a short story from George R. R. Martin, a quickie in the Lost Lands covering Grey Alice, which I think is perfect. I'm pretty sure, Eliana, you were saying they're they're making this a thing, right? They're they're turning this to TV, movie? Yeah, Something. yeah. It says silver screen, so I think that means movie. You okay. would think I would know, yeah, but it does. I I don't. Um, yes, you were right. Good job. In 2021, but I think George's release and updates and then George announced that it is coming to the silver screen in the Lost Land, specifically starring. We like this person, Mila Jovovich. She's gonna be playing a uh, Gray Alice and Paul W S Anderson, director of Monster Hunter, Pompeii, and several. Resident Evils <laughs> is going to helm the film. Also, Dave Bautista is going to be in it as well as boys. AKA her husband, Paul W.S. Anderson, by the way. Oh, I did She's. I did that's not know Mr. that. That's Mr. Mila Jovovich, yes. So that's why she was also in those movies, too. Oh, I didn't know that either. In the Resident. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Paul William Scott Anderson. Uh, you can also just call him Mr. Mia Jovovich. Uh, yes. You know. Yeah. So that. Yeah. He's, like Amanda Pete's husband. He's, exact, same thing. Exactly. So that's that's what's going on with this. I don't know when the release date is, but probably you know face a few delays, which hopefully are all over now. But Dave Bautista, like I said, he's gonna be playing Boyce. I don't know who that character is, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to find out with you. It'll be good just in time. And, you know, we've got a lot of Alices around us. Uh, Arya, right, is also an Alice at one point, or is seen as Alice Karstark on the gray girl on a dying horse. And uh, Alice is kind of a gray girl in this one, too. So Alice, the first sentence is, you can buy anything you might desire from gray Alice. So excited to bring another gray Alice into the realm, whether it's at Harrenhal or not a hair at all. Now we're pre a song of ice and fire, right? We have Alice Rivers as well. Yeah. So this is also kind of depressing, but I will say that the end of this blog post from George goes, and who knows if the movie is a big hit, maybe there will be sequels and great Alice will finally get her series after all. Then in parentheses, so many years have passed. I no longer remember why I never finished that second story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, George. Oh, George. Oh, George. Anyways. Well, 
That's not all we have. Eliana, can you tell them about our Discord Brappy Hour? Oh, God, I want to die when I say that. <laughs> can you tell them about Brappy Hour this month? Yeah, so that means Discord Brunch slash Happy Hour. If you are new here, two Girls Gone Canon once a month on our Discord. Patrons in the Thunder tier and above, that's $10 and up, can join for games, get to know you's, activities. This month's Brappy Hour is on November 19th, Sunday, November 19th, and it does have a theme. It is bring your own meme. We haven't done one of these like little potluck-esque things, these info potlucks in a while. And Chloe, can you please explain to them why this theme has been chosen for this month? Here's the reason we need you to bring your own meme. We want you to bring your absolute favorite meme, whatever just cracks you up, because it turns out Eliana does not know memes like we think she does. Sometimes you could be referencing a meme and she'll just laugh along, and then you find out months later she had no clue what you were talking about. So we need to educate Eliana. Uh, now that she's back, it's time for workplace training, and we're going to workplace train her with some memes. You know, I, I, I have a couple memes in, in line. I'm ready. I'm going to bring a few. Yeah, I shared a meme i know some memes okay i don't want people to think i don't know any memes i do know memes it's just like i think some people are surprised at which memes i know and which ones i don't and by mm. people i mean you know you me my podcast partner and then my other partner irl yeah well no you're also uh, this is irl too so anyways yeah, you know the podverse the the data world the you know, you could put on the Microsoft goggles, and here you are, the GGG. You are a podcast CU. wife, and he is boyfriend wife, as we've discussed in regards yeah. to your how your household is set up. Roles, yeah, yeah. So, am I Rainies or Visenya in this scenario? You tell me. Hmm. We'll come back to we'll that. Probably Rainies. <laughs> yeah, three p.m. Eastern on the nineteenth is where you can find us in our Discord, hanging out. Hanging out with everyone at court, you know? Yeah, at court, please present your tribute, a.k.a. <laughs> yes, please, your liege demands submission in a form of uh, lealty, in the form of meme, mm -hmm. in the form of funny image. Uh, like, do you know Hello, Yes, This Is Dog? Uh, yeah, yeah, from 4chan. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, from way back in the day, that's uh, it's one of my favorites, because whenever I look at it, that dog is so funny. Like, <laughs> dogs can't talk on the phone. Uh, it is from Fortune, That, but with right? a picture of Sandor Clegane. I mean, maybe it, start it probably started there. There, a lot of things started there. That's true. Back in the day. I don't know. I don't know. The anymore. internet's really a circle. Like, once it gets to Facebook and 9gag, you know that it's over. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. most things start elsewhere. I, so. I think a lot of things have started now on, like, Reddit, though, instead of Fortune, mm -hmm. as, you know, Reddit... It it as I mean it's a place where more people are it has its own mm -hmm. its own little gags too yeah so we'll see you all at brunch with your memes until then we have an email of note from our good friend Jimmy and they say as you may know I have a passion for Breath of the Wild and other Zelda games I think what I love, they also say, please don't stop reading, LMAO. Uh, I think what I love the most about Breath of the Wild and many other open world games, oh, like Sims 3, is the exploration. Link wakes up alone and has to explore an unknown wilderness. 
I often spent time in my childhood exploring unknown places in nature where the signs of human activity were, at most, a rusty old beer can. The joys I found were in the little streams or the rocks to climb on, obviously not at risk of danger like Arya is. Arya, who has suffered so much in the first two books, has finally escaped servitude with a little help and a little murder. The contrast between the cruelty at Harrenhal to the wilderness is, well, jarring. She's once again on the road, working with her friends to find her family, and does this in open wilderness, even at times wishing she was alone, in order to stay the path she believes is the way. Her survival shifted from surviving awful people to surviving awful wilderness. Arya's been in a constant state of fear since she left Sirio's dancing class. Weeping as I type, Jimmy says. She tries to cope with these fears, be it wolves or the distance or being lost, by remembering her mentor's mantra, saying it much like a religious person may say a prayer when they're fearful, just like her nightly prayer. If you have not been lost in the woods alone, I do not recommend it, it's not as dramatic as it sounds though, there is such helplessness and yearning to find the people you've left behind. I want to hear more about this in the woods stuff, Jimmy. What happened to you, Jimmy? Uh, are you <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, are you okay, bud? Arya's fears have changed, but the danger has never stopped. I've heard people in the past say things like, there's not much to these chapters, or this is the boring part. I argue this part is critical to her journey. Hell yeah, get em. Finally, she is with her found pack, searching for her people from the before times. Even though she's no longer at the whim of anyone besides her friends, yet she still wants to be on her own. Be careful what you wish for, Arya. To the early ASOS Arya haters out there, get lost. Jimmy says, <laughs> co-signed Chloe. <laughs> it's funny. See, co-signed. Get it. I get it. Get lost because get lost to in get the woods. lost, you can truly understand the story. I think that's interesting. I didn't know that there <laughs> were people who hated these chapters, just like how I didn't know there were people who hated Bran, or not hate. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. But those exist. It's also like n didn't appreciate that they don't appreciate it, mm -hmm. right? Like an Arya Clash gets a little of that too, because I think there are some chapters that get a little much. But I like all of them. I'm an ASWAF enjoyer, though, to be fair. I was an Arya Clash unappreciator, as we all discuss together, and by that I mean you and me, at everyone else, when we were starting Clash and also the Arya chapters. But I, I think reading them all in succession together like this really helps bring out- The TV what's, show? Yeah. Um, You're such a multitasker. <laughs> but it really helps bring together the strength of the story- and I think keeps it more compelling than when it's interspersed. Not mm -hmm. that I don't like the POV structure, but you know what I'm saying. Also very much appreciate Jimmy's thoughts on, you know, traveling, going through the woods, as well as Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. Those were those were for me. If you are interested, you can also every now and then get a glimpse of Chloe's roommate playing Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> in the background. Or or boobs. Anything could be happening back there. And he's a cinematic film <laughs> appreciator. Thank you. But uh, yeah, the the rusty can is that like Jimmy's Korok? And oh, <laughs> is, it yeah. like, is it like finding a Korok? But I I was thinking like busting a vase. Oh, interesting. No, the I feel like breaking vases doesn't really lead to much for me in the Breath of the Wild games. So it's fun. It's fun. I mean, there's just, like, not- I haven't found anything in them. Maybe I need to break more. Anyways, yeah, I love the exploration aspect of it because, I don't know, you can just keep going and going. It's great. I also really like what Jimmy has said about Arya feeling safer away from the people at Hall. how, like, there's such mm -hmm. cruelty there that- but it was just such a bad vibes place 
that even being <laughs> lost and not knowing where the fuck you are is actually way better than having been at Heron Hall. Absolutely. I'm just on the Arya appreciation side of things, so I love it. I like Zelda, but the newer games have been hard for me. They take a lot of hand-eye coordination that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think that the combat system... I actually really struggle with the combat system in the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom games. Mm-hmm. It's like a mix between trying to be very accessible and easy, but at the same time has all these like mechanics that don't work that well. Yeah, I'm like stuck in the water getting assaulted by dudes, and I can't aim my arrow right at them, and I'm just like, and I keep drowning. Yeah. I'll come back to it. I'm great at archery in it, but like all the other like hand-to-hand combat things, I don't know, I'm used to, I am used to role-playing games where there is like combat like that, but it actually Mm -hmm. fucking works. That's all. (laughs) Appreciate that. Well, thank you for the email of note, Jimmy, and let's hop into our storm lightning round now we left off with aria in clash and there are a handful of chapters we've missed from the end of a clash of kings let's start with clash before we bust into the sauce (laughs) sansa ate in a clash of kings sansa is free ish of her monster fiance dantos gives her a very magical hairnet that's Mm. meant to go over her head oh is it not a necklace (laughs) you mean Uh, Theon 6. Theon ignores advice from those around him. Ramsay sacks and burns Winterfell. Boo. Tyrion 14. Tyrion wakes after having part of his face sliced off and he fires his maester. John 8. Corin commands John to join the free folk. Hmm. Bran 7. Bran wakes from his wolf dream to find Winterfell burnt. We say a very teary goodbye to Maester Lewin. It's fucked up. Yep, horrible. Fucked up. Storm of Swords. Storm of Swords. Prologue. Three horn blows indicates one thing to Chet. Piss yourself. No, others. That is how the chapter <laughs> Same ends. Thing. Mm-hmm. I actually thought about doing that instead. Mm-hmm. Using that, not, not peeing. Anyways, Jamie 1. Jamie is Brienne of Tarth's very valued prisoner. Catelyn 1. Catelyn's crimes are brought to light in Rob's court. But it was all for her daughter's iwu. Ewew, which leads us into Arya 1 in a storm of swords, ASOS. Arya Gendry and Hot Pie are back on the road again, being chased, probably. On the road again? We open the chapter with, The sky was as black as the walls of Harrenhal behind them, and the rain fell soft and steady, muffling the sound of their horses' hooves and running down their faces. They rode north, away from the lake following a rutted farm road across the torn fields and into the woods and streams. Hmm. Lovely prose to open up with. And mm, yeah. the the great storm of swords rain begins, <laughs> right? I love tracking the rain from chapter to chapter in storm and seeing like where it starts, where it peters out. Uh, it starts off inconsistent and it gets very consistent in the later chapters in the Riverlands. And yeah, it's a very different meteorology of ice and fire, huh? That's a great point. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize it's reading in all these opening chapters and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it starts. It's begun. Except for Sam's. different. Lots of different things happening there. It's so prominent in the Catalan chapters, right, that we did. So now I'm like, oh, here it is. Here's the rain. Yeah. I will say that George, as always, very good at that continuity. So much of the, this, like, 
first chapter in Storm is reminding us this is where we left off at the end of Clash. Like, we're running from Hall. Here's who these people fucking are. Here's how we got here. This is where Rob mm -hmm. is, you know, being like, they're going to River Run because that's where Rob is because he's fighting a war. Lots of reminders. Great job, George. I, I think he does it very well without, uh, especially because he has yeah. all the different POVs to spread it across. I think that really helps being able to just spread it evenly, but it's never too much of recap. And I think that's really the sign of a skilled author. Yeah, very seamless. Arya is sure that they're being pursued. Because, you know, they did steal three horses, a dagger, a map, killed a guard, left him in a pool of blood. And when Lord Bolton woke, a baker boy, a scrawny cupbearer, and an apprentice smith would be missing. You know, it it's gonna be curtains for them, basically. Roos would stay abed, but he would give the commands, Arya thinks. Steel shanks may hunt them, or Vargo Houghton sell swords. Yeah, steel shanks sighting. I appreciate, you know, steel, steel shanks mention the railway cat. <laughs> I like the image here of Roos. They're like, he would be dotted with leeches. He was, uh, Steel Shanks was in the last chapter. Oh, I didn't notice him there. I was too busy Walton. atoning for my sins. He was, uh, in the leech room with oh, yeah, Kyber yeah, yeah. and everyone. I think, mm -hmm. I think I do remember that and being like, Steel Shanks. I think I might have even been like, Steel Shanks. <laughs> What's interesting, I mean, I actually, I remember this only because I called him Steel Shanks in episode when we've said it, but only because he was mentioned by first name. Oh, yeah. He was mentioned by Walton, which was right. weird. I just like, as you all know, the name Steel Shanks because it sounds like a fucking cat from Cats. Yeah, we know Jellicle Eliana. Oh, Let's yeah, go Eliana. Uh, anyways, so... Jellyana. <laughs> Jellyana. That's, that's different. Anyways, I'm thinking now of the giant jelly in Neopets. I was just gonna say the omelet or the jelly yes, from Neopets. Yeah. the omelet or the jelly. So, mm -hmm. Arya's still wearing the Bolton sigil and her page garb. When they cross the first stream, they head off-road, and they are hoping to throw everyone off their scent if they had brought dogs. Honestly, she's really- this rain is so lucky for her. Staying on the road means death, and, you know, in regards to throwing everyone off her scent, first of all, she does a great job here, but in a way, granted, that guy is kind of, like, on the verge of death in the moment, but she does, towards the end of this book, run away from a different dog mm -hmm. and crosses mm -hmm. an even bigger river, and by river, uh -huh. I mean the sea. Ooh, that's really, really a great point. Really everyone off her scent. Anyways. Yeah. She really fucks her tracks up so no one can follow her then. I love that. Mm-hmm. The ultimate way to disappear, honestly. I did the same thing when I left my home state. Bye. Is this what Good Gone luck. Girl is about? Literally, Arya is that Gone Girl Gone Canon. <laughs> Which we should do eventually for the lulls. Solely, I, I still haven't seen we it. We keep talking about or it. Or oh, read you it. need to. It's time. As we've discussed, but yeah. It's okay. time. Okay. You know, Mamma Mia... Theater camp. It's time for you to get into the classics, Eliana. It's Here's Gone, Gone Girl, Girl a musical? It should be. Should we? <laughs> wait, are we going to make the Gone Girl, Girls Gone Canon, Girls Gone Canon, Gone Girl musical? Gone Girl isn't a musical, but isn't it kind of, kind of? Okay. Oh my God. Uh, the boys don't question Arya about where they're going, really, because she has a map, right? And like a woman with a map, that's serious shit. Also, like Dora it's not just that. Like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> she's got the map. She's the map. She's the map. She also just murdered a dude, so that also <laughs> could have something to do with why they're paying her kind of a little, like, mind. They're like, okay, yeah, you're the boss, are ya? Ha -ha. <laughs> they're like, she's, she's lost it. She's lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a mad woman. There's this great internal monologue she has. 
It's better if he's scared of me, she told herself. That way he'll do like I say, instead of something stupid. She should be more frightened herself, she knew. She was only ten, a skinny girl on a stolen horse with a dark forest ahead of her, and men behind who would gladly cut off her feet. Yet somehow she felt calmer than she ever had in Harrenhal. The rain had washed the guard's blood off her fingers. She wore a sword across her back. Wolves were prowling through the dark like lean gray shadows, and Arya Stark was unafraid. Fear cuts deeper than swords, she whispered under her breath. The words that Sirio Farrell had taught her, and Jacken's words, too. Valar Margulis. Mm. Okay, girl boss. Yeah, sachet. Go Arya. Uh... Blood rinsing off of her fingers in the rain, paired with the the last chapter when she also said at the end, you know, it made no matter, the rain would wash them clean, faces melting off and changing in the blink of time. It's kind of a common theme in her plot, but there's a lot of ease in which she gets to deflect death, right? Like, death is all around her, yet she's found a way almost to navigate it emotionally, mentally, physically. Yeah, she really has, and... It, it It's becoming more and more prominent in her story, you know? She's becoming, it's becoming much easier for her to kind of deflect it. Part of that is the desensitization, you know, because... gonna say. She's had a rough go of it as a little 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. I thought that it stood out to me how she thinks, like, it's better if he's scared of me. That way he'll do like I say, right? That's this aspect mm-hmm. of control. And... Arya learning to rule by fear. Some of that is, of course, from her time with Roos, but I think there's a lot of it that also comes from her time with Tywin in Harrenhal. And, you know, that's something that Tywin is famous for. That's something that's part of his legacy, both in world and amongst readers. He's associated as ruling by fear versus how we see a lot of the Starks associated with ruling via, you know, I will make them love me, as Sansa says. And I kind of think that it is good to have that balance between the two. And I kind of think that if she and Sansa end up partnering together to rally everyone, they'll balance each other out with that. Isn't that interesting, too, that Arya is desensitized from everything she's seen from being a prisoner of war and, you know, servitude and serving other these men, how desensitized she's becoming to death to murder, and to to ruling by fear, right? And she's very shrewd. She's very calculating. Yeah. She holds her... Uh, it's like what Bran said, right? That he sees them holding their secrets to their chest. And I did like also with that line of uh, let him be afraid of me. It's very Alice Karstark, right? When she marries later, when she ends up marrying Sigorn. There's that line, she says, let him be afraid of me. Yeah. It's also even like kind of, you know, Melisandre-esque, right? A lot of her work mm-hmm. is in the whole idea of illusions. And mm-hmm. so there's that aspect too. The rain stops and starts, but they have nice cloaks to keep the water off and make a steady pace. Neither of the boys are horsemen, and Gendry's horse actually even goes down at one point, but thankfully neither the rider nor the horse are injured because otherwise you're going to have to put that horse down. Ugh. Yeah. It's true. It's bad enough when you have to put the dog to sleep at the end of this book, you know? damn it. Thank you. And uh, we're just starting, baby. I gotta say, we're in the good book. Uh, Storm isn't, like, my favorite of them, as we've talked about. It's probably, like, my second or third, I'd say. It's up there, though. I like it. I'm just a feast-clash-storm 
kind of person in that order. But something I love about Storm is not only do we get Sandor Clegane FaceTime or half FaceTime, uh, <laughs> we also get <laughs> uh, we also get Rebellion FaceTime. Everything's got the rebellion mm. steeped in it, right? You get Robert's Rebellion all over again. We're on the ground in Harrenhal and the Riverlands, everywhere where, you know, all those that walked before Arya were. I mean, what, just several many years ago, they all were dancing around in these Riverlands and drinking mm. and being young and fucking and fighting, whatever. So this chapter really showcases a lot of Arya's skills in survivalism, uh, her riding skills especially, too, and her skills with horses. All these things come as major advantages of her highborn upbringing. The longevity she's able to display on the horse in, like, the aftermath of Harrenhal, that's so impressive because, A, she's underfed. She's malnourished. B, it's a strenuous thing to do, riding a horse. It strains your thighs. I mean, think of the metal glutes she's going to fucking grow someday. She's got to be exhausted right now. But in five days, if her thighs ever stop, like, hurting, they're going to be, like, fucking barrels that you could knock someone out with. Literally, like, if you're... If you're riding, some of the best exercises are like lunges and like deadlifts and push up, like walkouts to push up, all these annoying things that I don't do. I'm a daughter of an ex horse girl. I'm not a horse girl. Please don't get it twisted. But like, you have to have a lot of strength in your hips and your back and your legs in order to ride a horse for as long as she does in this chapter. Yeah. And she, that's a, that's a great point. She's built up that, that, leg strength but also i think we get the sense now that i think about it like we've seen her practicing for fun or like as her recreation right she unwinds she's like the person who goes to the gym to unwind basically i think is what Arya does because that's what she did with needle mm -hmm. or like not needle sorry the godswood yeah in the godswood with like random stick or broom or whatever knock off needle yeah practicing practicing but like those exercises that she would do i'm sure also very much kept the rest of her like in shape or being able to you know do things like this mm -hmm. right prepared for fucking any physical activity kept her on top of it yeah yeah at least better than hot pie as we see she's I mean, having a way easier time i think hot pie probably you know again bringing in pita from the hunger games I think oh Hot Pie God. is probably, like, not, like, maybe he doesn't have a lot of, like, leg strength. Hot Pie skips leg day, which is important. You gotta keep in leg day. But I get that. Mm, that's I, why I walk to the bar every week. <laughs> I assume that, you know, because he's probably, like, carrying bags of flour or whatever in the kitchen as well. And from kneading dough, he's probably got some good upper body strength. But that does not fucking help you on the horse. I not Well, I'm sure it does, but not enough. <laughs> yeah but her strengths on the horse like and they're various it's not just right here we see it over the next couple chapters but we also start to see something else we start to see similarities between her and her aunt liana crop up there's a lot bigger of a reveal of that that comes in Arya three but not just in a storm of swords throughout the other books we hear what a great you know horse rider that liana was in a dance with dragons Roos calls her half a horse herself in the Turncloak, Barbary calls her a centaur, which is fucking hysterical. I'm like, yeah, get her. Uh, get her, Barbary. And depending on how canon you take the A World of Ice and Fire app, which, like, yes, it's marketing, but I mean, it's still canon. Like, it's literally made with little tidbits of ideas from the books and from characters. 
they say, and this was really interesting to me, I forgot about this. The World of Ice and Fire app says that she would tilt at the ring. So Hmm. running, riding, tilting at the ring, it's an equestrian tournament activity originally practiced in European royal courts uh, derived from like the Quintain, etc. And it literally involves a rider galloping towards a small ring that's suspended in the air with the aim of piercing it with their lance. And that requires precision, control, and really great horsemanship. So putting together knowing that and then seeing all the training Arya gives herself, like that kind of also tells you the strength you'd need possibly as a knight, right? Or a mystery knight. Uh. Uh, So Arya's in the Riverlands, hiding her identity, right? Uh, On the run after Harrenhal, joining outlaws who are on the run from the crown. Kind of sounds like Lyanna's journey, right? When she constantly trying to go north and go home but not being able to because you know of reasons and then finding out half your family's dead which also happens to liana ha <laughs> uh aria don't look at gendry don't look at that boy because i know what happens when girls look at possible royalty like that okay they get pregnant and they die i've i learned that in mean girls you will get pregnant and you will die so i'm just saying though it's very um i mean we even meet Richard Lodmouth. I mean, Lem Lemon Cloak later on. It's canon at this point, but uh, I just take that one as canon. You know, it's like kind of is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting parallels that we're starting to get throughout A Storm of Swords. I love that. I I love uh, all those reminders of as you said, the rebellion. I hadn't really thought about how that comes up so much in in Arya's storyline as well. So, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, they're going to the inn at the crossroads. Oh, that's true. I mean, a lot of I mean, a lot of things happen at that inn. Mm-hmm. So many things, and yeah, I think something else that we're really seeing come out in her is, as you said, right? She's being very good at like survival, and actually, also, th- she's very pragmatic when it comes to again using fear, but she is also a leader, right? She's not only relying on fear. She's just like, guys, we gotta. She she's using her intellect to show, hey, I know how to do these things, and she's trying to lead her pack to safety, like mm. Nymeria, whose namesake wolf is appearing later in this chapter. And also, this is not related, but I just wanted to call out. I've seen you know people say that they think that Arya will become a queen, like Nymeria, and I'm just like. I think I made it kind of clear that I do think Arya will absolutely be some sort of leader. I'm not sure in what capacity, but I do not think she will be a queen, especially if we're basing it on Nymeria's storyline, because I also think it's important to acknowledge that a part of, like, part of the point of Nymeria's story in many ways is that she isn't a queen. Like, some people kind of refer to her as such, they call her, like, a warrior queen there's that book like the many loves of queen nymeria but i feel like part of the point is that she stayed with the title princess nymeria and that matters especially because as we talked about last chapter it comes up quite a few times like princess princess oh that's you Arya. you're the princess And yeah, that's a good point. But you can still absolutely be a leader with that title, as we see by Nymeria, and very impactful for people. 
Well, and I also think there's something like not everybody has to be a queen or a king to have power. You could be in a position uh, exactly. of power and exert your power. Like oh. I think of like Lord Commander, right? Like Duncan the Tall or maybe Brienne in the future if that happens. Or, you know, being a, a commander or Reyna. Obviously, people joke she's the queen in the West when she took Harrenhal and was there. But she was a princess. She was not the crown queen. She, she was a princess. Been. Yeah. And she, she could have been. She like makes a point. Absolutely. I think that's that's important. Part of, I think, Reyna's leadership is that she doesn't press her claim for the good of the realms and she sees how they yep. rally behind Jaharis and doesn't want to go through another war again after a, an it's internal family civil war that she just lived through. But, mm-hmm. you know, you were saying you can still be a leader and not be called queen or king. And that even makes me think again of Tywin. Literally, Tywin is seen by everyone as like this king-like figure, the real power behind Ares. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it comes was- back to what you just said with her and Sansa, right? That yeah. they need each other to balance each other out. Like she might be the grounding, realistic, Tywin-esque, even in some ways, pragmatic and shrewd and calculating. And Effective. not that Sansa isn't those things, but yeah. like Sansa might need that dark shadow of a person on her side when she's a little more of the light. Yeah, and by the light, we don't mean, like, good. Like, she's just... Yeah. Because I think Arya, as we see, her commitment here, like, there's definitely a lot of good mm-hmm. in her. We'll we'll talk about that, too, in a second. But... Yeah. They don't have to be alone they... like Dad was. Yeah, exactly. They can be together and rule together. They have each other, something he didn't get to have. He lost his pack young. Big sad. Yeah, and his younger Sorry. brother's like, And then Benjamin was guilty, Goodbye. and Benjamin went to the watch and couldn't bear to be there anymore because of the sadness, probably because he knew. Oh, God. He's like, I'm running for my <clears throat> problems. <clears throat> okay. I mean, he knows. Like, there's no way Benjamin doesn't fucking know who John is. Come on. Benjamin fucking knows. Yeah. But who knows where that man is? Somewhere <sighs> in the north. I'm starting to worry about him because, you know, they say after 48 hours, like, it's not likely they live if yeah. they've disappeared. And it's been, like, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so they come across wolves devouring a fawn at one point, and Hot Pie's horse bolts. Two of the wolves flee, but the third bears his teeth, defending its kill. Arya talks Gendry slowly down and away so they don't spook the wolf. And once clear, they chase after poor, poor Hot Pie, who is clinging for life on his horse. So part of me wonders if the wolves devouring a fawn and then one defending its kill is meant to be like some sort of symbolism, especially because we do have Gendry here, fawns, baby deers, and Gendry is in a way a baby deer. I don't think that this is about Gendry, though, but it does make me think about the other Baratheon children. And by that, I mean, like, Robert's Bastards and Shireen. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, I don't know what it could mean, but it makes me wonder. Yeah, because obviously the lion cubs are Cersei's babies, so it's not them, but it could be. Yeah, and the, well, it, it's because, you know, the whole story starts with, like, the mm-hmm. finding of the dire the stag's antler. And the stag's antler. Granted, dire wolves and wolves, not the same. One is bigger. Mm-hmm. Than the other but anyway i do love the symbolism there because it's very feast for crows in a way like mm. a feast for crows feast for wolves on the fawn or on the baratheon regime and the remnants of it in a way too yeah uh, we see i mean bolton is truly feasting on that and that becomes the theme right because we come up to the brotherhood in the next couple chapters so 
uh, who are trying to like hold on to the remnants of Robert's reign, and they are for the king, the good king, the quote unquote. <clears throat> okay, and uh, whatever, whoever that was. But they're the last remnants of the stags, of the fawns, of the deer, and you have the wolves, or like Roos, who's a lesser direwolf, right? He's kind of like a northern wolf. He's haunting the woods and attacking lions. Uh, I don't know. I could see it being kind of of that. Yeah. Interesting. We'll never know. <sighs> what did keep him from writing the second story about Great Alice? Anyway. Me. They passed burnt villages and hanged men, and Hot Pie praised the mother's mercy over and over, but Arya praised her own little prayer, this time ending it with Valar Morghulis, touching Jockin's coin in her belt and reaching up to eat an apple from among the dead men. The apple is mushy, overripe, full of worms and all. Aha. There's your first feast glance, right, with the kindly man and the worm in his eye. She's unafraid. She's eager. She's ready. Yeah, she also, I think, I'm starting to get the sense that Arya just likes eating worms, and that's okay. People can <laughs> like different kinds of cuisines and things, but I think she might just like eating worms. This is not the first time she has done this. Like, remember amongst the, the Night's Watch recruits and stuff in Clash Girl, she's all like, I don't know, I'm going to fucking eat worms if I have to. And I think she might just like eating worms. <laughs> I want to introduce her to uh, gummy worms, but... Oh my god. Worm sign. She has the worm sign, my friend. I think she just likes eating worms. <laughs> well, I do see a little bit of, like, even the apple when it comes to her in general. Mm. Right? She's unafraid. She loves to... She's out here ready to lick temptation in the eyeball. And... You know, through worms, the knowledge and the hunger she has being satiated here, you know? Interesting enough, she's eager to learn. I think of, like, Jacken and how she's like, yeah, sure, whatever, oh, I'll yeah. do whatever. I'm weird, you know? Uh, <laughs> a little so bit quirky. like that. Holds up spork. I'm so quirky. The just day of Westeros. Uh, um, yeah. Also, there's that line about Mother's Mercy. Gotta point that out of a uh, hot pie singing of the Mother's Mercy. Yeah, that's what Mother's Mercy looks like, right? Hanging men. That's what they told me at the end of this book. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Something about the mushy, overripe apples also makes me think of the imagery of like the overripe blood oranges too, right? In mm -hmm. in in mm -hmm. Dorn. But yeah, yes. I like what you're saying about knowledge because that is like a lot of what her next job is going to be about: getting knowledge. Yeah. I guess killing you know, people, learning to kill people is a bit of a forbidden knowledge, too, now that I think about it. You know what they say, boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider, girls go to college and bravos to get more knowledge. Yeah, and eat worms. <laughs> There's a lot in this chapter, also, like, even from the start of it, that feels a lot like a glimpse of the impending, you know, long night redux. Like, there's this line here that goes, that was the day without a dawn. Slowly the sky lightened around them, but they never saw the sun. Black turned to gray and colors crept timidly back into the world. There's also like another line later on in this chapter, you know, where they're like not able to sleep during the night when it's dark because they fear being pursued even in the dark. Or also again, like at the beginning of the chapter as they're running away from Hall, they're like, it's huge and black, right? And I imagine that the wall at night would feel very much the same like, behind them, riding away from it, whether north or south. 
Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder if he wrote the John chapters alongside or similar timing to these, because a lot of the language is similar in the John chapters, right? Like, there's mm. that great passage about how the dawn looks with Corin half-hand. If you'll remember when we talked about it ages ago, it was the uh, chapter we talked about a lot of that symbolism and parallel of, you know, Corin half-hand and Mance and Rhaegar and yeah. Arthur Dane. I would even say, you know, like, it goes well with Sam's chapters, right? With Which mm-hmm. very much are a glimpse into what the long night would be especially here at the beginning and her story does intersect with sam's that's true very soon too in a book yeah in a book well gendry and hot pie want to know where they're going over breakfast and i'm using the word breakfast here pretty loosely uh they're splitting cheese and bread they're watering the horses i'd eat it though Hmm. and Arya tells them they're going north she shows them the moss growing on the south side of the trees yeah, I, okay, maybe I'm just, like, doing it wrong. I have also been in a forest, and, like, I feel as though the whole moss is more on one side of the tree thing is very overblown. It is not as, like, obvious or dependable as books would make you think. I, like, go to it, and I'm like, this moss is equally thick on all sides of this tree. And it's actually the opposite. Most mosses grow on the, like, north-facing surfaces because they like a darker, more humid environment. So it, it kind of symbolizes almost that they're going the wrong way. <laughs> Fuck. Rip. <laughs> Didn't we just loud her on uh, her skills? I know, My bad. Right? Uh, I mean, mm. she doesn't seem like she's got the best map reading ones. She Maybe she's like, my best friend. One time we exit the subway in New York. I think I've told you the story about her. And she's like, all right, we'll go this way. And I looked down at the map. I was like, that is literally the opposite direction. Or the other time we left the bar on her birthday and I was going home and she tells everyone the bar is this way. I head in the opposite direction and I'm walking. I'm like, there goes the bar that they were all supposed to go to. <laughs> Goodbye. What's really funny is like, I can get around and I'm, I'm great. I'm a good driver. I can navigate. And in my city though, like I don't know where I am half the time, even though it's just a grid. I'm that I'm your other best friend who does the same shit. That's so like, I'll leave the, I'll get to the dentist and then like I'll leave the dentist and I'll be trying to figure out if I'm going the right way or wrong way. I'll go like four blocks out of my way till I'm like, mm, this was the wrong way. Better double back, I guess. That's so fascinating. I might not Every be time. able to talk about my left and my right aloud and like be able to tell someone the right directions using those words, but I can I can read a map and I know how to get where I need to fucking go. Yeah, that's why I just hand the phone off usually like you were my partner. <laughs> that's pretty... <laughs> you were the roommate. Here you go. One yeah. of you figure it out. I have people that can do that for me is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. I don't have to do that. I'm way too pretty to do directions. You are. You are. Don't you put pr- you. your pretty little head. I will, I will get us there, but not using moss, apparently. I wonder... Please not. Could it, could it be like... Is it like a fantasy world thing where George, you know, in the way that Obsidian has special properties, he's like, moss just grows on the other side of the tree, but probably not... Maybe they, maybe she really is just leading them the wrong way. I don't know. Oh, Arya. Oh, Arya. Gendry asks why they're going north, and she outlines, well, I want to go here on the map to River Run. Gendry and Hot Pie are kind of like, okay. And Hot Pie's pretty surprised. He goes, you can fucking read? What the fuck? Uh, she tells them, listen, we'll be safe there. When they ask why she wants to tell wants to go there, she bites her tongue, and she's like, ooh, I can't tell Hot Pie this secret, even though she knows that Gendry knows. 
why mm-hmm. she wants to go there. And him asking it is interesting, like, that they're still poking at her. Gendry's keeping his cover here. Uh, but Gendry knows she can't trust Hot Pie with the secret, but Gendry has his own secret. Sure, he doesn't know what his secret is, but he has one. That's how secret it is. That's how fucking good Gendry is at keeping secrets. He's kept it from himself. That's some pretty little liar's shit. Mm-hmm. You know, got a secret, got to keep it, whatever the theme song is. <laughs> I, oh, it's like, uh, the, 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 I don't gotta remember. I watched like four episodes. I don't know about yeah, that. I yeah, I think I watched like the same amount. Anyways. <laughs> I think it lost its luster. Uh, after, after a couple episodes. laps, <laughs> had this horrible teacher and pedophilia and like teenage dating thing oh, going yeah. on. I'm like, ah, I, I think like, I'm good without that shit. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? I, I was like, that's not for me. Uh, the I only a real incest and pedophilia. It's called a song of ice and fire. That is true. Um, <laughs> if I want to watch teachers getting in a relationship with their students, I'm going to watch the bizarre fucking thing that happened in Gossip Girl. Yeah, Gossip Remember? Girl Gen 2 or Gen 1. Actually, Either one, both. Really. Both, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so I I believe I believe that Arya will learn how to read maps better one day. That's it. That's my insight. She can she's she's getting there, but it feels important for her story, especially if as you said famously years ago, Arya gets back on a boat. Oh my god. Quote Chloe. Quote Michael Scott. Quote <laughs> Gretzky. God. Okay. Arya quickens their pace that day, spurring to gallops when they find a big stretch of field. But the land is becoming much hillier, endless, tiring. Once in a while, she would send the boys on ahead while she scurried back to clean up their trail a little. Oh, I imagine her with like a little, you know, branch doing like this. Anyways, watching out for signs of pursuit. Once she saw shapes crossing a stream behind them, but realized, oh, they're only wolves. She let out a big, oh... To them. This is just like in Isle of Dogs when the dogs and the wolves do the fist bump in the air. You gotta watch this movie. It's great. But a wolf then howls back, making her shiver. Uh, and by midday, Hot Pie is complaining. He's sore. He's tired. Arya asks Gendry who he thinks would kill Hot Pie first. Wolves or bloody mummers? Gendry's like, ah, the wolves. They have way better noses. Mm. Way better snoot boots on them. So it rains again. It becomes cold, pale white mists start hmm. threading between the pines. Hmm. Gendry is too stubborn to complain, but also he is suffering as well. Yeah. We have this line here of, She had been riding as long as she could remember. Ponies when she was little, and later horses. But Gendry and Hot Pie were city-born, and in the city, small folk walked. <laughs> yeah, but also, I'm out here, I'm like, yeah, pro-walkable cities. That's it. Me too. This is some very, like, at nuclear bomb behavior going on in the story. You know, walkable cities, hashtag. Yeah, very I'm very pro-walkable cities. Arya would make better time alone, apparently, but she can't leave them. They're her pack. She thinks that if Ow. the mummers catch her, she'll reveal herself to save them, and then she's like, hmm, doesn't sound great, and therefore vows she won't let the mummers take them. She's just not gonna do it. This whole passage is so... It is sweet, and it's deep, and it's so sad. Arya has started to become really wrapped up in this survivor's guilt and this fear of failing and mm. failing others. Uh, she's starting to feel like things have been her fault, maybe even Lamy's death, right? She's kind of questioning, like, I jokingly say it's Gendry's fault for getting us fucking caught. And she's like, but it wasn't it kind of my plan? Didn't I get us fucked over? Wasn't Hall my plan? Didn't I get us fucked over? She doesn't want to let them down by letting them die. Uh, and more than that, she's very independent, right? Arya has a 
fierce, independent streak of ferocity in her. She has to have freedom. And she's also finally free of Hall, and it's kind of ordered disorder, right? It's chaos, <laughs> and it's many villains. She's trying to outrun it. She's refusing to be caught, refusing to rest. She wants to get there, get out of there, you know, and stay alive. Yeah, there's a, there's a desperation mm-hmm. in how she's feeling. Absolutely. I didn't even realize, but you're right, a lot of it is like the survivor's guilt. And honestly, that's kind of like her dad, right? Like, yep. even, even her very first instinct when she's like, okay, what would I do if we were captured? Which, again, she is like, wow, let's just not do that. Let's just not get captured. Sounds bad. But it's very much showing that she is Ned Stark's daughter. Like, her plan, if that were to happen, is to put herself in the vulnerable position by revealing her secret. I mean, it's mm-hmm. her it's her best hand, but revealing her secret to protect her friends. And honestly, it's a gamble. And that specifically puts her in the most risky position, in the most danger, as we see by what happens to Jane Poole. But she also knows that it's her best hand if she wants to protect the people that she loves. Yeah, man. Now I'm just sitting here thinking about how Ned had to watch all of his men except for Howland die at the Tower of Joy. And then he had to watch the Kingsguard members die. And then he got to see his sister and then she died. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's on top of all the other people that also died. During the rebellion. Yeah. And then also later on, when she, he watches all of the other people that he cares about die in King's Landing 2 in the first book. Don't forget that. Thanks. Yeah. I didn't. But also... But maybe for a moment I did, so thanks. I like to be reminded. You're welcome. That's why I'm catatonic right now. You're welcome. I love to remind. <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be fucking sick. <laughs> But anyway, putting yourself in danger. I like that danger. we out-hurt each other, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, Eliana, but- do you remember this traumatizing thing? Hey, Chloe, do you remember this one that's ten times worse? Uh, I'm, I'm like, oh, how interesting. And you're like, it was very sad. And I'm like, what if I made her more sad? It's kind of messed up, huh? Anyways. Oh, you're frozen. No, I'm not. That was just my face. But yeah, Ned sacrificing himself. To protect people or putting himself in vulnerable positions to protect people he loves. Anyways, so last episode we were discussing Needle versus Dark Sister. Would Arya switch swords? And I think there's kind of a tenderness here in how she describes the sword that she has right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Like she's she's swearing that she won't let them get caught, and she like calls out in her head that this is sword is one that Gendry stole for her. And I kind of wonder then, like, maybe if Dark Sister came to her in a, like, meaningful way, I don't know, maybe it was gifted Mm. by a different brother, Bran, maybe she'd be open to switching to it, because I think Arya actually is a very sentimental person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That could be interesting, too, for going from King John to Mm. King Bran in the gifting of swords. Yeah, but I feel like she would have to get Dark Sister... For it to be most useful, it would have to be before Bran were king, right? Because it would have Mm -hmm. to be before the whole war against the... Well, that's why I mean, like, now you have King John and then King Bran after. Yeah, or maybe they both give it to her together. Swords from your king. 
interesting when you think about it that too if he follows if he then would like follow lineage the next if he doesn't have kin and if they want to keep it you know feudal and with heirs what if Arya was queen after him what if that was his heir I mean I guess it could be but it seems very again it wouldn't happen but actually I like (sighs) what you said though about John because what if John was like I gave you a sword before to protect yourself, mm-hmm. I give you this sword now to protect your realm. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's something about the idea of like a king giving a Valyrian steel sword to their sibling, right? Like I'm yeah. thinking like Blackfire with Damon or Blackfire with the next Damon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. interesting. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Or Magor uh, having the sword from Aenys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that declaration of heirdom almost through it. So that that's kind of where I was going. That's where my brain was heading. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, they reach a body of water, but it's not the trident. Uh, Hot Pie insists, well, we rode all day long. We should be there. But Arya looks at the map and is like, yeah, there's many, many miles before we get to River Run. Yeah. And I'm like, I told you, Arya, it's not that close. But now I'm also like, after what you pointed out, I'm like, did she just take them the wrong fucking way? It's funny because when they start riding with the Brotherhood, Arya's like, we're going the wrong way. And I'm like, are you? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, do you know? Do you know? They obviously seem to know the woods better than her. Uh, I mean, they've they've been around for a few years now in there, so. Yeah, but I mean, they can't navigate by the stars, which I think she seems like she might be a little bit better at, but, or she could learn one day, but it's cloudy because of the rain. So, rip. <laughs> rip. <laughs> Arya thinks that the rivers they found might be the Little Willow, but Gendry's like, well, that means it runs up to the Big Willow, which runs the Trident. But we'd need to go downstream, not up, unless this river's ripple down rill, which goes all the way back to Harrenhal. They decide to neither go up nor downstream, but they find a place to cross, and they keep going north. Except here, to Eliana's point, moss is growing on like three or four sides of the trees now. Whatever. Arya's gonna cross that river. Yeah. It is hard. I don't know about that nature. You know, Arya's going to cross the river one way or another. So she rides half a mile. She finds a place she can ford. The water comes up like past the horse's belly. Uh, They struggle across. They find the next river, which is way easier to cross, way smaller. Yeah, I don't know how, but I think this whole idea of rivers being very difficult for horses to cross and therefore cavalry Mm. is going to come into play with the Dothraki storyline at some point whether it's here in the Riverlands or like the Skahazadan or something um, or like Mm. those other rivers over there in Essos yeah that'd be a great echo with the phrase right like that we have the the toll I think that's a great I mean that's definitely got to have some foreshadowing for all these rivers for the phrase to come with having to pay the troll toll to get inside the boy's soul but also I could see that like being an echo for Danny, who in a lot of ways, you know, is very Rob-like. Ooh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Won't be here necessarily, but again, warfare and rivers, something, something. There's something in that. Something. Something in that, Eliaba. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a new meme. New meme just dropped. <laughs> that one you gotta join the Discord to understand. <laughs> we have our own memes. Uh, dusk is setting. And Hot Pie says, we should light a fire. But Gendry and Arya immediately look at each other and then him. And they're like, no, No. same time, simultaneously. And Arya thinks about this. And she thinks, Arya gave Gendry a sideways look. He said it with me, like Jon used to do back in Winterfell. 
she missed Jon Snow the most of all her brothers. Aww. All right, first of all, booyah, Bran, booyah, Rickon. He ain't even a real brother. Got him. You just got, got <laughs> right. sons, you dead-ass bitches. Yeah. Also, wait a second. Those are the dead ones, Arya. What the fuck? You don't miss your dead little brothers as much as you miss Jon? Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe she can't miss them, right? Because they're dead. So obviously, it's either between John or Rob. There, of course. And she's like, she's on yeah. her way to Rob. So. Yeah. Can't miss him, you know? How yeah. can you miss him? He's right there. <laughs> There's uh, a little bit of, like, original trilogy outline in there, right? With the uh, initial romance Mm. ideas going around like john and Arya, and now she's like oh me and gendry have the same romance as me and my half brother yeah Fun. or yeah or maybe it's just you know george like redoing it and it's like you know it makes sense you know it's someone that she gets along with well like she did with john Ooh, maybe she'll brother zone him later after fucking him i mean maybe maybe you know that's how maybe. the Dargarians probably would have done it you know i gotta say women are the devil Wow. You know, they're not really, it's like for women, and this is like a very crazy take, but, you know, their friendship isn't really worth much. Why would you just want to have that? You know, it's like, wouldn't you want to win? Don't you want a prize for being their friend? I, I was so confused what was going on here for a second. I took you on a ride. <laughs> I, I went on a ride and I was like, I don't think I've trained enough to ride this horse right now. <laughs> well, I don't know what is happening on this journey. <laughs> Build up your thighs, baby. Build up those yeah, thighs. I have been. I have. Okay, anyway, so I think that this aspect of the fires, it will be really interesting when the political plot of A Song of Ice and Fire starts intersecting with that supernatural one with like the others because then you got to decide like first of all i already struggle with making decisions but now they got to calculate do i light a fire in this darkness in order to keep the others in the whites away or do i risk being in the darkness and not lighting a fire so as to not give my position away to the opposing houses you can't fucking win. You can't win. Mm -hmm. What a terrible catch 22. This is great too coming right off that John chapter. Uh, where he has the same issue and the brand chapters, etc. when they start getting on the road, but especially that John chapter that just happened, because I think Corin tells him, you can't light a fire. If you light a fire, they'll be down on us immediately. Mm, yeah. Hot Pie begs to sleep, and Arya says they have to keep going and presses them on. She needs sleep too, but if they sleep, they could be descended on by the mummers. All the same, she falls asleep twice. Her horse wanders around in a circle and eats grass. That's me. It's Time to stop and nap, for sure. Gendry takes first watch, as Hot Pie is already on the ground asleep with a <laughs> chunk of cheese in one fist. That's also me. Uh, before Arya sleeps, though, she says her prayers, like a good aww, girl. Aw. 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 Baby, mommy's a little psycho, you know? <laughs> and then she's thrown into her dreams, which are very vibrant tonight. The mummers are actually on the trail, riding through the rain. Wow. What could it mean? We have this line of, they thought they were hunting her. She knew with all the strange, sharp certainty of dreams, but they were wrong. She was hunting them. She was no little girl in the dream. She was a wolf, huge and powerful. And when she emerged from beneath the trees in front of them and bared her teeth in a low, rumbling growl, she could smell the rank stench of fear from horse and man alike. Ow! Oh, or am I? Am I the horse? Like, 
<laughs> trying to step away. <laughs> uh, whatever the fucking onomatopoeia is. Oh my god. Uh, you can always come here for your daily dose of onomatopoeia, folks. I love that line. Uh, George loves that motif of like the rank stench of fear. Yeah. The stench of men's fear, you know, whether it's like John. Yeah, the P, John, when he's warging, or Brand mm. 3, A Storm of Swords, you have that line, the wolf went wide around him behind a dripping thorn bush, and beneath the bare branches of an apple tree, he could hear them talking, and there beneath the scents of rain and leaves and horse came the sharp red stench of fear. He just loves the scent of fear. George is like a slut for that. He loves that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that, but that's so true, and I've I've heard... I've heard often that the animals can smell your fear, so. Oh, yeah. It's probably yeah. from that. Dogs. Dogs can. I yeah. know that. They can smell that I want to be their friend. You know, shout out to the chunk of my ass that got eaten by a dog. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They know fear, dude. Yeah. The fight is short but bloody, and the four men are torn apart. Her brothers and sisters fall upon them, snapping at horse and riders alike. We close the chapter with... Only the belled man stood his ground. His horse kicked in the head of one of her sisters, and he cut another almost in half with his curved silvery claw as his hair tinkled softly. Filled with rage, she leapt onto his back, knocking him headfirst from his saddle. Her jaws locked on his arm as they fell, her teeth sinking through the leather and wool and soft flesh. When they landed, she gave a savage jerk with her head and ripped the limb loose from his shoulder. Exulting, she shook it back and forth in her mouth, <laughs> scattering the warm red droplets amidst the cold, black rain. Who's a good girl, Namaria? Who's a good <laughs> girl? Who's shaking, a good girl? Shaking <laughs> the, the arm, <laughs> right? You know, dogs like yeah, with their I was. toys. Yeah. <laughs> While I was doing it, I was trying really hard not to shake my head oh like my a dog gosh. with a toy, but I'm like, but it's an arm. Well, we know who that is, right? Obviously, the Dothraki member of the group with his arak that is what she sees mm-hmm. i believe with his bells in his hair and now he is eated and hey eliana she she was being chased turns out you're right you're right and i think it, it's mostly i guess because they killed someone i kind of wonder if they would have gotten away with it if she hadn't but you know i can't believe that the bloody mummers are wasting tax dollars on this <laughs> i think it's ruse man i'm telling you he's trying to like you know there's oh, that true. great theory Littlefinger's bankrupting the crown, but I'm like, I think Roos is bankrupting his crown. I think big that, time. That's true. Like, there's a lot about you know the fight like at the Green Fork and stuff like that, and how he mm-hmm. definitely did it in like the least effective way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at that same token, I'm like, yeah. If I'm like, I don't know, if men are doing all this murdering for you, shouldn't they live in luxury? I don't know, but uh, maybe they deserve things. But then I'm like, no, it's Roos Bolton. They don't. <laughs> Dotted with leeches. I mean, I, again, oh he's a fashion and skincare influencer. <laughs> Catch him on TikTok he's getting at paid. Leech Lord. Yeah, he's getting paid in sponsorships. I hear that Roose Bolton does commercials <laughs> for hair for Bravos. He does, though. He does. I hear that he... Anyways. Uh, oh, to Burn gotta, Book. He is... Burn Book. Oh, my God. He's got a Burn Book, if you will, or multiple of them. Wow. Rusgina I'm just uh, absorbing. George. I'm absorbing this. Rusgina yeah. George R.R. R. Martin. If you listen to the Mean Girls musical soundtrack, 
I would be singing right now for you from that soundtrack. Mm. I have songs in my head. I have like eight, and I'm not doing it. They're putting it but out also as a movie. I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're doing a movie musical. It'll be fine. It is what it is. See <laughs> it if you can. If you, if it comes okay. to your theater, if it comes near you, go see Mean Girls a musical. I actually think it's very charming. I guess maybe that's like a lowbrow opinion, but I don't know. I have a whole Aswaf musical in my head to Mean Girls the musical, so maybe that's part of it too. Like I, I've already right. written it. We have. Yeah, I've already written it. Folks. A Robert's it's Rebellion here. musical. Yeah. We have two musicals now. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 Mm-hmm. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Big productions. Twenty twenty four. It isn't home, but it's kind of. I love. That we have Stark Exultation Hour here. George really loves to write that the Starks are exulting. He loves mm. to like have a little inner monologue and having a Stark be like, I'm exulting. And this is one of my roommate, Emmett's favorite things. Like he always is like, I love that line. I love that line. The emotion behind it. Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, he really loves it. So I have to call it out because I do too. It makes me like pay attention to it. It's like whenever they say that they want to be like Rob, I'm like, Eliana. But this one is eminent. Exulting, expressing pleasure or happiness at someone's defeat. So last chapter, it kind of reminds you of the last Arya chapter when she thought about Edmir winning the battles and she was like, he'll beat you. You know, like Edmir will kill you guys, just like Sansa thinks Rob will kill you all. And here she's exulting as well. She's exulting, ripping apart this body. And interestingly enough, out of the six times George uses the phrase exulting, it's like two-thirds of it is Stark-based. I thought mm. that was real fun. Bran won in Clash when he's warging into summer and walking. I'm walking, he thought, exulting. Part of him knew it was only a dream, but even the dream of walking was better than the truth of his bedchamber, walls and ceiling and door. And then Sansa too in Clash, one of Emmett's favorites. Rob will kill you all, she thought, exulting. Uh, and then here, exulting, she shook it back and forth in her mouth, scattering the warm red droplets amidst the cold black rain. And it actually comes up again in Aria 6. She thought she could see the beginnings of fear wake in his eyes, Sandor. He's going to lose, she told herself, exulting, as Lord Beric's flaming sword whirled and slashed. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like the, the use. I wish George would uh, come back with <laughs> T-Wow with some exulting for me. Oh. T-Wow exulting, please. I would exult if it were announced. T-Wow is under your chair, Chloe said, exulting. <laughs> uh. You know, this last, this end of the passage is really brutal for her first full-on wolf dream that like she seems to be mostly aware of what's going on. The past have all been kind of blurred, uh, but you can see it comes across so raw and authentic. Like, if you're a warg, of course these lines are easily blurred between death and life. Of course it's easy to just snap your finger or your jaw and eat a motherfucker. You know? Of course it is. It's easy. Look at this dream. Like, this is the only time she's ever been able to take power, have power, you know, outside of her body experience, just like tearing into a villain, a bad guy that wants to hurt her and protecting her and it's interesting you can see in comparison to like dragons right like you can see where it's very easy to let this power out of hand out of pocket yeah (laughs) no that is not well is it maybe a use i don't know out of pocket just let me have it just let me have it okay it's a callback it's a callback it's a callback (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it is and 
And it really does tie together with that exalting. Like, I like that one of the other examples that you brought in of them using exalting, it is Bran working as well. And I just think that there's a lot of parallels now as we see Arya, like, when we see Arya slipping into Nymeria, I feel that you can see its connections with Bran's chapters. And mm -hmm. because they're, like, at similar-ish ages... There's something there to be said about like their stage of childhood development and how warging serves as this kind of wish fulfillment for them. You know, it, it, it very much allows them to access power in different forms. We talked about power a lot in Brand storyline over others, etc. And we talked about it last chapter as well with, with Arya and uh power and violence, but Power doesn't always have to be violent, right? Like, sometimes power, it's its ultimately the ability to do something in many ways. Like, having power over your own life. And for obvious reasons that I don't think I need to discuss because we've read these books, Arya and Bran do not have power over their own lives. In fact, kind of being a child is very much not having power over your own life in general. And it gets worse for them. It does get worse for them. And so, like, when Arya works right? She ends up having safety and physical power to kill those who would do you harm. That's what she gets the power to do. And when Bran is working, it's also about physical power. But for him, it's it's literally just being able to run, right? It's him being able to eat and feel a full belly. You know, he doesn't shake the arms off. He just eats it <laughs> because he's starving because they're also on the run. And mm -hmm. you end up with, like, warging and their storylines being very much about power through escapism, power over their own realities, in a way, like, through escapism. And it's something that also where they can access comfort, whether that's, again, safety via physical power or or food and... I don't know, that, that's kind of what Warging lets them access. So I just think it's really interesting that it does happen in these two youngest characters, besides Rickon, who I think has a very different relationship with his wolf because he is so young. They are so intertwined, it looks like. And, you know, that Warging lets them have control over their reality and how they have this inability to cope with it and how it's kind of like affecting their development. Yeah, I'd even say that, like, warging is a coping skill for them, right? Like, True. being able to skin change and warg, this, as you were saying, it's escapism. It's a coping method. It's like a, you know, when you're in having severe trauma, sometimes the only way is to, to like, get through it is to dissociate through it, right? Yeah. Or to do something else. And warging is like dissociating into another world, into someone else's life. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rickon actually has a very interesting bond with his wolf, considering he's going somewhere where skin changing, warging, cannibalism, all these very taboo mm. things and ritualism seem to be possibly something behind the curtains, some sort of like unlock. And I mean, why else would he be off the board if it's information we shouldn't probably know at this time? I'd be interested if he is going to be raised somewhat spiritually a little differently than the Starks, right? Who were yeah. not raised spiritually magically like this. They weren't raised to believe that there's magic, but Rickon's with people that are very open about the magic in the world right now. He's at least with Osha. Yeah, that's a good point. And, like, even Osha is very, I think, like, yeah, duh, magic exists, you idiots. Like, for her, yeah. it's very normalized, and 
Yeah, Rickon is like four-year-old me who was told, yeah, you absolutely can grow up to become a dog. But that's really possible for Rickon. That's a meme right there. <laughs> what? Yeah. The, the Rickon wants to grow up and be a dog. That's I wanted to be you. a dog. Um, no one told memeable. me I couldn't. You're very yeah, memeable. Great. Well, I think you could still do it. Thanks. I do. Thanks. I think uh, that coping mechanism for Arya too, like it's interesting right now when she's her most exhausted, when her body's its most worn, when like they've run for dear life and they can't keep running. It comes once more like Jacket in the night, like a saving grace. Like here's your three wishes, by the way. And Nymeria saves them, right? Like Nymeria mm. and her hooking up in the night, like thank God she fell asleep and got into her wolf because if Nymeria hadn't fucked their shit up, they'd be on them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, it, like, that Arya does it, like, on this very unconscious level, you know? Well, mm -hmm. that that's the thing, right? The wolf side to them, kind of, especially for the children, it's the id, right? It's that part of desire. Mm -hmm. She desires safety and to, you know, kill her enemies. And for Brand, he just, he desires access to his legs and fucking food and... And then you know, later on, makes Hodor, you think, like, Hodor, he, oh, when, Hodor he wore, yeah. when he's uh, skin-changing Hodor, it's, again, desire to be a knight. And it's a way of, like, being something else, right? Like, literally being mm -hmm. something else, whereas what you can see the relationship between John and Ghost, like, he might warg into Ghost, but he knows they're different. Like, he has a sense of self that is not Ghost, but that might be very different soon when, you know... Mm -hmm. death rebirth with, with the whole shit. death part and i mean rob is also he and gray wind are separate as far as we can tell but he has a close relationship with gray wind that is like using gray wind as a tool not in a bad way but in a like help me find goat trails it's almost interesting too like at, at this point especially for Arya, looking at this interaction and this like passage about her warging who's really warging into who oh that's a great point you know, it feels like Nymeria is waking her for this. Like, Nymeria's like, hey, stupid. <laughs> let's <laughs> hey, go do idiot. things. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, it's, let's, let's go play. Let's go at the moon. Let's go, yeah, let's go play. I know that, you it's know. It's my cat at 5 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my friend's cat also. She's like, she's singing. She was howling. She oh, was like, chatty? No, no, she was straight up howling. Like, she was howling at night Wait. in the morning. And I was like, I, this is cat is a dog which is yeah, my favorite my kind life, of cat so, so. 5am every day every day yeah. get the fuck up bitch that's what my cat says she's just yelling don't know why she's just yodeling she's out here she's, like hello what she, are y'all doing right singing. now and we're like sleeping like we do every fucking night she's singing at this we time. all fly I'm, that song is oh clearly stuck in my head uh, what a banger of an opener for Arya we will return with Arya 2 in A Storm of Swords. Keep your, uh, keep your ears and eyes peeled. We will also uh, be coming back at the end of this month with Sailor Moon Eternal. We will movie talk one. a little bit about that. Movie part one. Or movie one, sorry. The first movie. Part one. Before we get to the Movie next. one. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah part like one, that. movie one. Like that. You guys, Cosmos is right around the corner. I can fucking feel it. Everyone's putting out collabs. <laughs> All right. Hot Topics got one. ColourPop's got one. It's any day now. I bought the ColourPop 
Sailor Moon collab solely, the second part of it, solely because, A, I wanted to complete my Sailor Moon collection. Uh, Eliana got me part one. But also I got it because I thought maybe they would release Cosmos if I buy it. It's gonna... It's right around the corner. I can feel it. (laughs) Well, so's T-Wow, and I can't wait to watch and read them both with you all. This one's already made. They just have to English it. So's T-Wow. Absolutely true. So true, Bestie. All right, everyone. If you want updates on when our next episode comes out and also when T-Wow comes out, which is right now, please follow us on social <laughs> media. It, we are on twitter.com slash girlsgonecanon. That's C-A-N-O-N. Or you can send us an email at twitter at girlsgonecanon at gmail.com. We had a giveaway for our friend Shiloh Carroll's new book, The Medieval Worlds of Neil Gaiman. And something historic fucking happened when we chose the winner in that (laughs) someone named Neil has won. Our friend Neil has won. It is not Neil Gaiman. Uh, He can buy the book. He can afford it, you guys. So, Neil, congratulations. You are getting a signed copy of Shiloh's book. Thank you, Shiloh, for offering to give away a copy of your book. Uh, I'm excited. Can't wait to hear how much you enjoy it. Neil, hopefully we'll come back with some other giveaways. And, you know... You can find out about giveaways and all the different things we do throughout the year. We especially offer some of these things to our patrons. Sometimes we'll do fun things during brunch and give away some book uh, gift certificates and other things. So check out any of that over at patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon. And I want you to know that our patrons actually are the sponsors of our episodes. We are ad-free in order for them to uh, have a great time. They, They are the reason we're here. You know, so if you want to become part of that community, please head over and do it. And also, uh, very exciting, here are our patrons right now to lead us out and tell you where you can find us. You can catch Girls Gone Canon on any of the following streamers. On Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, and Amazon Podcasts. You can also join us on Patreon, where if you join the Thunder tier or above, you have access to a Discord and monthly happy hours and things like that. And by joining the Discord, you get access to a bunch of great channels, including but not limited to memes and shit posting channel, Fashion Hour. There are multiple channels for historic materials, A Song of Ice and Fire. There's a Pets channel, which I think is probably the most important channel of all. Respectful Thirsting because there's a channel for that. Come by, join the community. It's a lot of fun, and you won't regret it. God, those kids, they keep me young. You know, they really do. Ah, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back with more Aria in the next week. And uh, Sailor Moon after that, and oh man, here we come, holidays. Until then, I have been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I have been another one of your hosts, Eliana. Thanks, everyone. We are... Exulting. <laughs> exulting. Reading, reading maps. Touching moss. Touching moss is the new yeah. touching grass. Oh my god, please go touch moss, you guys. Go please. touch the moss. Yeah, oh moss is god, actually girl. harder to find than you would think, too, though. Like, what if you're in a dry area? Where's the fucking moss? Well, maybe then you'll really get some mental stability going on if you go touch moss. That's true. How will how will you know though? But I guess the sky might be clearer. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, 
Good luck with the moss. We'll I got see Google you next Maps. Time. It's going to tell me how to get to the fucking Riverlands. <laughs> to River Run. <gasps> Goodbye. Goodbye.